I want to welcome everyone in for our security uh, discussion this morning that we have uh, brought in Renee and Norm. They both bring a tremendous amount of experience uh, from an industry perspective, but also are going to be able to shed a great light on what we're looking to discuss today, which is how do organizations stay secure heading into 2023 with such a shortage in the security space? Um, so I'd like to just turn it over to Renee, maybe introduce yourself. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and um, yeah, we, we can't wait to hear about you. All right. So like you said, my name is uh, Rene. Um, I have uh, around 10 to 15 years of experience uh, in multiple industries. I mean, it, I always say 10 to 15 because I've done a lot of stuff over the weekend. So I guess that doesn't count, but sometimes it does. Uh, so you got to add it to, to the time. Um, I've been, uh, you know, healthcare, media, telco, finance now. I've uh, been working uh, for business funding for almost four years, uh, where I lead the information governance, uh, risk, and compliance programs. I also do uh, the infrastructure and uh, inf you know information security. I have my own team, so all of us we build everything from ground up. Um, it also you know everything started with uh, my first computer. I was five, so you know hobby that turned into a career. Uh, you know breaking computers, fixing computers, then your neighbors, and then from there uh, first company that brings you in, and then you change everything that, that was wrong. Um, my goal in life is kind of, you know, just uh, keep protecting businesses and, and individuals. It's, uh, it's uh, again, it's a hobby that turned into a career, uh, but it's, it's also uh, something I love doing. So it keeps me, you know, awake at night and early mornings, just starting, learning more, uh, checking what's out there, checking how to uh, make it better and just helping everybody that, that it's, uh, it's in need of uh, help. Um, that's pretty much it. I mean, uh, it's, I started uh, as a, you know, web design where I'm in some graphic design and then uh, one of those uh, do it all IT guys, um, help desk, then into the systems, data centers, and then security, which is uh, my place that I decided to, uh, to stay in. It's funny, a lot of, uh, a lot of professionals that I speak with, uh, it seems like the, the entry level is help desk. Seems like a lot of people start there, uh, but thank you. It's, it sounds like you're, you're kind of um, kind of a, are in your career that is a labor of love, if you will. Uh, yeah. That's great, Norm. Um, love to hear a little bit about yourself. All right, real cool, uh, Daniel, Renee. Thank you guys both for uh, for being on today. Um, Daniel, thanks for uh, inviting us. Sure. Um, I've been uh, Norm Devoe. Um, I've been doing technology and security, um, compliance, all that kind of good stuff uh, for a number of years. Um, I often say to people that I've been doing security and compliance and so on, especially security, um, since long before we called it cybersecurity. Um, you know, that that's how long I've been doing this. Uh, I've got a degree in computer science from UC Irvine, uh, Southern California, zot, zot. And I, you know, have always... Um, enjoyed the technology space. I've worked in financial services. I've worked in um, real estate. I've worked in property management um, and manufacturing, uh, garment manufacturing to a certain degree. It's definitely something that's evolving. Um, I've seen so many changes over the years. Uh, it really is incredible. The difference that it's making in people's lives and the businesses that, that the technology serves. Um, I really truly don't think that we would be in this in the um, the economic uh, growth uh, state that we're in uh, without the technology and of course with strong technology people uh, behind that technology and, and making it work. So it's been good. Um, 
as I say, you know, I've, I've worked uh, in financial services. I've got an interesting experience in that I've worked uh, at a CPA firm, spent a lot of time, uh, at, you know, one firm in particular um, in Southern California. I essentially built the program. I was at the firm for a long time when I started. There really wasn't much of a technology offering. There really wasn't a whole lot of security. Um, over a number of years, um, I was instrumental in in building the programs for both of these uh, these sort of things, right? Interesting days. Um, but I was always on the consumer side. We bought software and we we looked at ways to implement it and secure it and make it serve the business and the client need. After working in the CPA firm, I moved to a another company that was on the other side. They were a vendor, they were a SaaS vendor, and they served the CPA community uh, very well, I might add. And it's interesting going from one side of the puzzle to the other. So being a consumer, um, being an evaluator, being an implementer, to being on the other side where you're a creator and you're trying to read um, the requirements of these different businesses and the individuals operating uh, these systems. Sure. Right. Yeah. And, you know, so that I think, uh, you know, brings some, some different perspective um, into the, into the, the whole thing that we're trying to do. That's great. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like the both of you have quite a bit of experience, various experience. Um, and really what I wanted to kind of pick your brains about today was this, this idea um, there's a, there's a major shortage in this industry as from a pro professional availability standpoint. Um, I think there's over 3 million security professional, there's a, over 3 million security professional shortage currently right now worldwide. Um, companies are, you know, it's budget season. Companies are looking at kind of what they're going to do right now to kind of shape 2023. Um, not only from a security perspective, of course, but from a security perspective, there's some challenges that they're, whether they know about them now or, or they're going to learn about them shortly, um, there's some challenges that present themselves just from a, a talent availability standpoint. Um, and talent in this industry is very expensive. So, um, you know, Norm, I, I kind of want to just throw this one back at you. An organization that's uh, looking to kind of enhance or begin their security journey, um, what are some of the things they should think about, uh, whether it's actually um, hiring uh, a person, hiring somebody to be there? What is What role would they be hiring, do you think, in the early days? Um, and what kind of like, what is the beginning soft, software or resources they would need to maybe be successful in their role? So there's a question, Daniel. Um, I recently, especially I've seen a number of businesses that are established mature businesses. They don't have much of a security program. Um, they don't have a sock. They don't have a dedicated team. Um, they don't really have the tools, the infrastructure and so on uh, in place. And it, it's a big concern um, that, that I see. I think the, the first thing that a company needs to do is accept this idea that they do need to secure their data. They need to secure the process, um, you know, for both. Uh, I think you know, what I would always say is a moral reason. Um, you have an obligation. People are entrusting 
uh, information with you, you know, whether it's, you know, my background, you know, financial services, whether it's health, um, healthcare, or any, anything else, um, people are entrusting their, their confidentiality to you. And a lot of companies don't take that seriously in the sense that they haven't, they haven't budgeted, they haven't planned, they haven't really looked at the risks and, and so on. They might hire a security person and they bury that person somewhere in IT, right? So they they don't really have a comprehensive picture. They're just they're they're going to cherry pick the um, the items that that they think are forefront: passwords, firewalls, um, and you know some of these these very high level uh, concepts that are important, but they don't cover the range of issues. So I think Daniel, your your question is you know who do you hire? How do you build a program? Um, you need to get somebody who understands the wide range of issues, somebody who can talk to the business. First of all, understand what the business is about, understand the clients, understand the vendors, you know, and these are all cliche sort of things, but they're not happening in, in many of these businesses. Understand what's going on. You need somebody who can straddle technology, security, and the business side and understand whether that's a risk officer, whether that's a CISO type, whether it's maybe a fractional uh, CISO, I think that's a great way to go. Uh, yeah. GRC consultant, you know, whatever it is, get somebody at a high level who can assess the situation, and then from there decide uh, which way the program needs to go and balance in all these different factors. You know, budget, acceptance in the company, acceptance in the client uh, realm, uh, legal um, issues, you know, regulations, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, Renee, curious from your perspective, like some of the early positions that you think an organization should think about filling uh, when they're building a security team. Um, is there a universal playbook? Uh, may maybe there's nothing universal uh, that works, but uh, are, there, are yeah. there some like concrete positions that seem to make sense, you think, early on? Um, or is it kind of uh, not a one size fits all solution? I mean, definitely not a one size that fits all, uh, but I, I do think that you have to start with the right leader. You know, you have to start with someone that is going to draft that cybersecurity plan. It's going to specify the security policies. It's going to build the procedures and controls, you know, required to protect the organization. Um, someone that the way I said is, you know, someone that's going to pave the way and then bring more people to the team to help, you know, this person, uh, the, the organization in general to make it happen. So you need someone that is going to lead the way. And yes, you can have a CISO, a TSO, a GRC, you know, head of the GRC, you name it. But someone needs to tell the company, the organization, what's, what's needed. So I will start uh, with the right leader. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting uh, kind of how quickly the awareness of security has um, kind of grown in the let's just say the last five years, um, it's certainly grown over the last decade, but, you know, it wasn't too long ago, um, I was reading a Forbes article uh, that, that outlined, um, it wasn't common for a boardroom to have a, um, to have a, uh, somebody in there that could read a financial P&L sheet, right? Um, and now boardrooms commonly will have somebody on their board that's in the financial world that can actually look at a PL and actually understand, uh, hey, like, where are we right now? Where are we from a finance perspective? Um, 
you you know you've raised it and now and now it seems like the trend that it's going in is bringing having somebody on your board that can understand the security risk and the security perspective um that needs to kind of be brought into the business from a holistic standpoint because generally as i'm sure you guys have experienced right um th this is a top-down approach like you, you can't push this in from the bottom you have to have buy-in from the top that this is going to be maybe if it if security is non-existent, it's going to be um, you know kind of accepted during this transition when organizations want to get secure. Um, Norm, do you do you think about kind of that first hire um, after you know you know for, is it policies that they're working on? Is it is it firewalls that they're working on? Is it uh, kind of what are some of the early days uh, that 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 activity that's taking place, do you think, from from some of those first hires on a security team? So maybe maybe look at something like a 90-day plan. Yeah. And you're going to bring yeah. somebody in, you got like a hundred, you know, 90, 120-day plan. Um, again, I think, you know, I, I believe that that overall awareness is 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 got to be your starting point. Yeah. Um, so you've got to understand, you got to get to know, you know, and again, it's all these cliches. Get to know the stakeholders, get to know the data, understand the client's expectation understand the um, current capability of your team, where you're strong, where you're weak, you know, what, what's the focus and so on. Um, and then, you know, you start to kind of craft, um, you know, some sort of an understanding of what's going on. I've worked in places uh, where people will come in, whether it's security people or techie people or, or other folks, they already know how to fix all the problems, right? They haven't been in the business for you know more than a minute or two and in some cases even before they start they've already got it figured out and they yeah. come in and they fall flat because they they're not taking the time to do their their homework and put their plan together and start to understand um understanding you know the the folks that you're going to be working with uh, you know building a relationship so that you can go to people and and ask them questions so when you make statements or ask these questions, um, so they trust you, they don't feel like this person's coming in and and just you know blah blah blah, right? Yeah. Um, you, I think you you got to take it from from there, and that's going to be thirty to you know forty five days or so. Don't don't rush that process. You got to get it done, but don't don't rush it. And then from there, <clears throat> it's a simple thing. You have a gap analysis. You 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 hit a number of points. And you start to fill in um, the, the different areas that need to be worked on. Um, and correspondingly, if you find areas that you're especially strong in, you need to decide, do you continue pushing your strength in those areas? Maybe it's firewalls, maybe it's compliance, maybe it's um, uh, policies and so on. Do you continue to push those and build the rest of the program maybe around some of the strong points? Or do you try to level out the field and try to hit all the different things that you identified as being weak. Mm. Interesting. Um, you know, we're kind of we're kind of talking about, um, and I'm leading the conversation in the way of like your first hire. Uh, but but Renee, I'm curious. You know, if there's a shortage in this, if there is a shortage in this industry. Over three million uh, security professionals. Um, those that are going to land in an organization as their first hire of a security role probably will have a bit of um, of experience. But mm -hmm. when you kind of go to the other end of the spectrum, maybe a, you know a someone that's looking to break into this industry, I was looking uh, this morning 
there are some entry-level jobs um, in the security space that require five years of experience. Um, so it's kind of tough. It's kind of tough to just break in. Um, you know, I, I think that when you get to the top of the chain, uh, just openly speaking, I think the uh, you have an opportunity to make some great income. Uh, but early days, grinding it out, um, it can be tough. What Renee? What what are the things? What are the, what are the classes? What are the degrees? Or is it just work experience that people should be doing right now to prepare themselves for breaking into this industry and kind of reducing that three million dollar uh, three million person gap and starting to get more people into this field? I'm gonna I'm gonna give you two um, two answers. Um, one, it's uh, I'm gonna address it from the business side, which is that that mentality from you know asking for entry levels, but hey, you you have to have the five years of experience, while barely paying for the skills and knowledge that has to change, because if entry level this is you know zero years. Um, now there's many companies now hiring you know inexperienced individuals because they can shape them from the beginning you know, train them like from ground, avoiding all the noise, probably from bad experiences, like, you know, other jobs, oh, you know, we do this this way, but now you got to do it this other way. So kind of they're like now noticing that, hey, you know, this makes sense. Why don't I get someone out of college, not experienced with computers or whatever you do on, on a daily basis for your classes, but I'm going to train you how to use this platform because this is what we do, what we use here. Um, so it is kind of changing really, really slow, um, but it's about changing that mentality. It's, you know, entry level, it's entry. You want something, you know, someone with more experience, well, you have to pay the price because you pay for those skills, for that knowledge. Um, for example, in my case, like I mentioned, I started, you know, all the way down help desk, uh, you know, to the point that I am right now. Um, I did try to find a balance between my skills, uh, my experience, and, uh, you know, the right certifications, right, for, for the path that I wanted to, to, to you know, to, to go. Um, not everybody needs to go through the same problem, right? Like, a lot of people can just, you know, start as a cybersecurity analyst, uh, you know, if you like working on a SIEM or just, you know, building those reports. Uh, you, it's, uh, you can go vendors uh, certifications, I mean, uh, but something that I always recommend uh, for those that I helped in the past and I'm currently helping, try to keep it balanced. So play with it, you know, get your own, um, you know, home set up, build your own you know, infrastructure, little infrastructure, get a, you know, a trial account with AWS, with, you know, any other provider out there, just play with it. Just, you know, break it, fix it, break it, fix it until you understand it. I'm sure by the time you go to, you know, that first job, you're going to know a lot more than if you were that, you know, entry level. Now you know more. You don't have like business experience, but you do have some knowledge with Sims. I mean, there's a lot of applications out there that you can have a trial, you know, 30, 60 days. You can have a forever trial. You can do open source. There's many things. Um, now, I'm not going to lie. Uh, HR loves, uh, you know, those certifications. So sure, get some of them, but build the skills, you know, get the knowledge, and then just, yeah, go on and do the test and pass the test. That's fine. That little piece of paper, it's probably going to get you to the first interview. But you want to make sure by the, by the time you get to that, that interview, you know what you're talking about. You know, like, how to do things. The only way you can find, you know, you can do that either you play that, you know, with, with, with those systems or you find a job that is going to train you. But if you want to save time and if you're doing this because you do like, you know, love what, you know, what the career is, what the industry, you know, does, then play with it. You, you're going to find your way. I mean, I have many <laughs> servers and many virtual box machines all over the place. 
my Raspberry Pis, I mean, you name it. That's a rack that back there. It's just, you know, I'm like, what am I gonna build now? <laughs> yeah. So it's uh it that's the difference between like, you know, what's your passion and what you're doing for the money, or maybe because the let me, you know, do this because my friend's doing it. Um, but yeah, something that does work, keep the balance between skills and set and you know, certs, that's gonna get you past the chart, and then you're gonna get the first interview, and then you're gonna be able to talk about topics because you played with them before. Yeah. So take so in other words, Renee, go um go with aptitude. You know, yes. pe people are going to build skills, but you you want, you know, if you have your choice, you know, what is it, aptitude or attitude, right? Yes. And you want to bring in people who have, um, you know, the, the the willingness and the desire to learn this. And doing these things, you know, in my day, we used to get old, get computers, you know, and string them all over the office, you know, the bedroom, right? And cable them up. And then, you know, mom or, you know, wife or whoever would get upset. Right, because you got such a mess. Um, nowadays, it's more virtual, and you can you can have these labs, um, and you know get comfortable and kind of decide that you know this is really what you want to do. Maybe there's yes. different areas. You know, you mentioned seeing. There's a billion different uh, directions you can go, but do these things on your own and kind of build it up. Um, I had a, an experience not too long ago with a, a guy. Um, he he wanted to do an interdepartment transfer. Um, at a company, you know, I was working with, and he, you know, brought his resume over. He said he wanted to jump from one team, you know, onto IT, and he had all these, you know, things about what he'd done in, you know, the in in this, um, you know, other role he was in. I started talking to him, and it turns out he had done all these things on the side in, you know, Azure. He had the, you know, the free accounts, and he built all this cool stuff. Um, and I said, why isn't this stuff on your resume? Because what you need to do is show me that, you know, you're, you're ready to jump into my world, get out of your world, come into my world. Right. And, you know, so, you know, we kind of dickered around a little bit. We kind of changed things up for him. And I think that, you know, in the long run, that is probably going to help him, you know, so show that aptitude, show that, yep. you know, that, that desire and that willingness to mm -hmm. get in there and get dirty and, you know, make a few mistakes and, you know, it doesn't hurt anything if you're doing it, doing it in the home lab. Right. Yeah. Right. And then make sure you talk about that, you know, as you're, you're networking or you're interviewing or, or, you know, however you're, you're doing your job search. Yeah. You know, I, I posted a poll, uh, last week, um, in the same vein of the conversation we're having right now, uh, regarding the 3.4 million worker shortage from the, uh, cybersecurity industry. And I was curious to learn from kind of the community um, how organizations are going to react to that uh, as they enter 2023. So um, the the choices that uh, I, I left were: Are they going to bring in more consultants? Are they going? Are organizations going to train up internally? Um, are they going to find automated automated solutions, um, or are they going to hire inadequate candidates? Um, Renee, what do you think? What 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 trend do you think is going to happen? Uh, consultants training up internally, uh, maybe bringing on uh, s uh, other solutions or inadequate candidates. I think it's going to be a mix because uh, again, each business is going to do it their own way, and uh, depends on what they have right now, they will go. I have an internal team. I don't think we're getting anywhere. I'm going to bring a consultant because that consultant supposedly knows you know better um maybe it's a small business and cannot afford like a full team you know full-time team let me bring another consultant for you know for the job uh definitely automation plays a you know a big role but 
before you, you know, integrate automation, who's going to integrate that, right? Either you have an internal team that is going to adopt that integration uh, on that automation, machine learning or AI, or just applications that are going to be, you know, running around the system, you know, scanning for things and, and letting you know what's wrong and what's not wrong. Um, but it's it's going to be, uh, I'll see, you know, I've seen both uh, in the past and it's, you have an internal team, you're going to bring a consultant. Um, you have a consultant, have some work, I'm going to bring an internal team. It's like going from an you know, internal IT department to I'm going to go on MSP and on SSP, and then they go back and forth because they have some work until they find that sweet spot that, you know what, why don't we just delegate this, this task you know, to the MSP, and then we handle these other ones. It's going to be a mix. I don't think it's going to be a you know, selection of, of one of the three options. Someone has to implement the systems. Uh, it's either you know, a consultant or you know, a provider or your internal team. Mm -hmm. Norm, what do you think? I, um, yeah, you know, Renee, I, I think you're hitting it right on the head. You know, you gotta, um, you know, look, look across this, uh, this, this range of requirements again, and, you know, you're going to bring these people in, um, and it's just, you know, what, again, where do you, you know, where do you have the gaps? Um, and what's the best way to fill them? Every, every company is going to have personality, you know, the people you're going to work with, um, the leadership of the company, you know, and every company is a little bit different, even if they're the same kind of company. And I'll tell you, I, I've seen this um, largely, you know, in the CPA realm, although I know it happens all over the place, where the same companies, the same function, have a billion different ways to do different things, yeah. right? And so you, you got to work around this personality. Um, you know, don't neglect um, you know, the different, different options for bringing in expertise. There's, you know, full-time, there's consulting, um, there's, um, um, you know, hired guns for security sake, you know, there's managed providers, you know, who can bring a lot of expertise into the realm as well. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, depends on the company, depends on the tolerance, um, you know, for, uh, um, you know, do you need to have somebody that you can walk over to, you know, in the days if we ever go back actually to the office um, and, you know, talk to somebody in person or, you know, can you, can you, do you feel comfortable delegating and putting this in somebody else's uh, lap and getting a, you know, some sort of a systematic regular report on what's going on? Yeah, I think the way I, the way I also think about it, um, I, I agree with both of you guys. I think it's going to be um, a, a blend, right? But I do think part of that that kind of decision making is going to be based on where the organization is um, currently, right? Like, did they just get breached and now they need to react to that, right? Mm -hmm. That you may you may make a decision differently than if you were to, um, let's just say, I don't know, go to a conference hear a, a story about an organization like yours, read an article about an organization like yours, um, kind of start digging around, asking some questions about, hey, like what kind of controls do we have in place around our sensitive data? How are we managing this? Holy smokes, we're gonna, we could be the next guys up. We need to start coming up with a good solution. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with both of you guys. One of the things when we talk to um, some of our customers or different uh, leads, we kind of um, help re re kind of shift the mindset. Um, a lot of what we do is shifting the mindset from uh, prevent breach to assume breach, 
Um, and it, it helps, I think, organizations change the way they're thinking about security. It's not a scare tactic. It's actually making sure you are proactively understanding um, if you do nothing, um, you're really in a compromised position. And the problem with security is, um, you guys know this, you've had a career in this, when it's running well, people ask what you're doing. When it's not running well, people ask, hey, what were you doing? That's a technology as well as security thing. Daniel. Yeah. What do we need you guys for? There, there's no problems. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Well, sounds <laughs> we'll like we're job. You don't need us? Fine. We'll leave. That's it. Well, right. I, um, I can't thank both of you enough for kind of bringing some real industry experience to this conversation because um, there's a massive shortage. Uh, I think that gap is going to really start to narrow in the coming years. Uh, I mean, you know, people are always looking to see where the job security is. And if you can align job security with an interest that you actually have, um, I think information security and that umbrella cybersecurity, I think they're incredible careers to shoot towards. Um, I just want to, I want to finish with just a really pointed question for each of you. Um, and Norm, I'm going to start with you. Do you do, like, you know, someone who doesn't have experience, let's say they're fresh out of college um, a year or two, and they haven't really found uh, like an entry level job because they don't feel they have five years experience. Um, what should they be doing? I know we talked about this about, hey, like kind of there's some free versions, uh, uh, build it and break it. But like, should, should those people be considering going back to school? Or do you think it's like, hey, get your feet wet? Maybe you're not going to make the most money, but uh, any experience is going to be good experience to kind of start off. What do you think? I, I, I think if you're fresh out of school, Daniel, and trying to decide where to go, um, don't rush into grad school or or anything else yet because you just you don't know where you want to go. And I think um, your undergraduate degree is important, but it doesn't define your career. Your master's degree or your you know uh, subsequent education is going to define your career. So take some time, you know, I, I'm i an advocate in gap time, go play a little bit, get out in the world, go see things, get away from the parents, get away from the educational, um, you know, background that you have um, and go live a little and get out. And you might be surprised how things develop and really what you find out what your interests are. Um, as far as technology goes, when you start to get on something or, you know, actually even any career path, um, talk to people in the different businesses that you're you're interested in you know and i can put this in context of my my kids um you know they they've got different interests and and where they want to go i tell them you know go get on linkedin and find people who are doing what you want to do and yeah. don't be afraid you know send them a message if you can pick up the phone that's even better talk to them hey what's your day like you know what do you do right what what impact are you making you know, is it a good career? Would you recommend it? And just have just a generalized uh, chat with somebody. And I think, you know, kids nowadays, they they don't, they, they feel awkward about that. And I think that's something that they need to get past because you got to be able to to have a relationship again, you know, for all these different reasons we've talked about. Um, you got to develop the skills and the comfort to to go ahead and do these things. It's all practice. So get out, 
talk to people in, you know, these different career areas and maybe look at a couple different ones and kind of see, you know, is this something I really would like? And I think from there, you'll start to find that opportunities will, will come up. You'll be, you'll be invited to conferences, meetings, um, you know, these different sort of things, you know, where pro professionals do their work. Um, and, you, you know, just tell the kid, just sit back, just listen, just, just observe what's going on and see if this is something you'd be comfortable with. Um, if it's something you're truly passionate about, you know, we've been talking about tech. Sure, why not? You know, get the free accounts, start to build the, you know, the thing on the side. It's not going to hurt you because this technology um, is pervasive in a number of other industries. You don't have to be a technologist per se uh -huh. to be good at technology. And, and, and I think in a lot of cases, um, you know, we're, we're seeing, I've been seeing especially that there's, there's kids coming out of college and they're applying their work. They're doing some great technical things, but they're not technologists. They're not IT people or security people yeah. per se. So get comfortable with it. Yeah. yeah that one. That's incredible insight. Uh, Renee, what do you think? I mean, it, it starts with finding what your passion is and you gotta try it all, try it all. And, uh, and find that, uh, the one that attracts you enough to make it what the, you know, your long-term career is going to be. Um, cause there's, yeah, there's a lot of fields and there's a lot of things you can do under the technology umbrella, right? That's could be coding, cybersecurity. You could do compliance. You could, I mean, you can do many things, uh, finding the right one. I mean, the only way it's, uh, it's a, it's just experience that, you know, like try it all, try it all and see what you like. Uh, that jumping from job to job in different, you know, totally different, you know, fields might work against you. Uh, but it all depends on what is it that you that you're trying to do. But those first two years, uh, I will be, you know, I will make if I had the chance again. I mean, I probably gonna end up in the same place. Uh, but uh, it's it's about like finding what what is it that you wanna do in the long term. What is that that you wake up every morning and you're like, and you just connect to it. Yeah. You're not being forced to it. You're just like, this is my thing. Um, I, that, I think that's a, the most important one. Uh, but there, that's one approach, right? You know, from the from the person, you know, perspective, the business perspective, which again, it's very related to a, that other question uh, from a few minutes ago. It's that changing that mentality from the business, because you know, you have these companies hiring, so there's a choice, yes, but there's also a lot of people applying for jobs, and either companies are not looking for the right position because you come in and then they're like, hey, yeah, we need help desk and we need infrastructure. Uh, you better know all the cloud providers out there. And not only that, we got to code, develop, and automate. And hey, can you also mine some data? Like, well, let's back up a little bit. I'm just, you know, an IT analyst. So, so what's going on here? So companies, they need to know, you know, these business owners, they, they, they have to be aware, you know, to some extent about what is it they're looking for. For example, cybersecurity, right? So then, you know, then you find a candidate and it's like trial and error because you know they're not they don't know what they're looking for so yeah i need someone that can do do it all that's not a job and it may even if you make it a job you have to you will have to pay for it right you get underpaid so yeah you you were able to hire you know to fill that position but you were not able to retain mm. that role because you're being underpaid now you know you're doing way too many things you're not supposed to be doing xyz because that's not even on your job description or maybe it's not something that is going to work to your advantage in the long term like this is not my thing like this is not going to make any difference in my career if i told you know told someone in 20 years i did it i'm like 
but that's not what you were supposed to be doing. We don't need that. Like, we don't care about that. So it's like wasted time, wasted experience. Again, it all depends on what is it that you were doing, but it's, it's a, it, I, th I feel it's a two, you know, two, um, two way street. It's business organizations, they have to know what they're looking for. And then people, they, they just got to get into, you know, that field that, you know, it's more than a, than a, not just a job, but a passion. It's something that you want to wake up and do it and you can do it on Saturday night, 11 PM. And you don't care about doing it because this is my thing. This is what I do. I love what I'm doing. Yeah. That's great. Well, I, uh, I just want to thank you guys again. This is a, a conversation that I'm constantly, uh, coming across in the communities that I kind of walk between, um, is just kind of, you know, and I think we were able to bring some, uh, some more kind of context to this conversation. So I appreciate both of you. Um, thank you so much. Um, and, uh, I look forward to our next conversation. Um, thank, thank you both for being here today. Likewise. Thank you, Daniel. All right. Take care. Thank you. Bye.